All righty, all righty, y'all. Well, first, I would like to say um, thank you guys for tuning in to the Hood Talks podcast. Um, I also want to thank these lovely ladies for being here with me um, and discussing OMG, that birth. Um, we're talking doulas, we're talking um, birthing, and we're talking motherhood. Um, and it's all going to kind of be centered around my own experiences with all of those. Um, I do want to also uh, give you guys the opportunity to introduce yourselves, to tell us uh, who you are, um, about your businesses, because you ladies hold many hats, um, including motherhood, these some great, awesome mothers. Um, but go ahead, whoever wants to go first, just give us a brief bio about you and your business. Go ahead, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> okay well hello thank you for having me on the omg that birth portion i'm like super proud of you shavanna it's like such i'm super excited to you know just be able to kind of talk with you and be a part of this and we've been a part of a huge journey but um, my name is candace ward and i am a private practice lactation consultant uh, for sweetest nectar llc and a full spectrum doula with a focus on African-American traditions of healing and nourishment during the postpartum period. Um, I'm a contracted postpartum doula for Jamaa Birth Village and the board chair of the St. Louis Doulas of Color Collective, which is a collective of dope doulas providing care to low income families at a sliding scale here in St. Louis and parts of the Illinois side. So hi everybody, my name is Joy Anakagu. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm also a full spectrum doula. I have my own private practice, mental health private practice called Ngozi Counseling LLC. So um, I, I work with a large range of populations and presenting concerns, but my specialty is maternal health, like postpartum depression, anxiety, psychosis. So that's that's my niche. I love working with moms. I'm also a doula. And so anytime I have the opportunity to work with moms in that fashion, I love that as well. Um, I'm also uh, contracted with Jama. I am um, their mental health counselor as well. And so I work with moms with similar uh, issues and concerns, maternal health. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yes, and these two awesome ladies. Um, I don't know if y'all heard that, but that's Javale running. <laughs> Mother, but um, yeah, yeah, these two awesome ladies were there for um, my second birth um, with Delilah, who is now seven months. Can you believe it, y'all? Seven months. Ooh, time. Seven months, man. I still can't believe it. Um, and the things that's been happening from her birth to now is like, wow. Um, but they were there for my journey, um, and whew, it was a journey. <laughs> it has been a journey, and so we're going to really get into that and kind of unpack a lot of that, um, but I do want to start at the beginning, um, ladies, and I do want to kind of talk about my first experience ever being pregnant. Um, so oh, let me give you some history before I even get to that. So um, as a woman, you know, 
growing like when I got to like my mid-20s and things like I really was like oh I want to I want children I want kids like why is it not happening it for me like why am I having a baby and I know a lot of people are gonna you know look, look at this and be like what when why um I think I hit it though because you know you like you you start to feel like something wrong with you you ain't having kids and then people you know, plug in, oh, when y'all gonna start the family, having the family, when y'all gonna do this, and when y'all, when the baby's coming, and it's like, uh, you don't want to be like, well, I can't have kids, you know what I mean, like, then that people probably look at you funny, which we need to stop that stereotype, it is a lot of things that goes on that um, women aren't able to have kids, um, and we put too much pressure um, on our women to do that. You know what I mean? Some women don't want kids and that's perfectly fine. And some women who can't have kids, they do have other options. That doesn't make you less of a woman. I do want to highlight that really, really big because like I said, that was something that I dealt with personally for a while. Um, so then I started dealing with it and like I started letting it go and started focusing on, okay, if, my, if I don't have children, what do my life, what would my life look like without kids? And I mean, I started focusing on going out of town, you know, um, my credit and building up, you know, things and, you know, um, just everything outside of children. I just focused on my, my own personal health, um, losing weight and all of that. Um, and so then comes me not focusing on having children. <laughs> <laughs> and then comes the pregnancy. Um, and so what happened um, with my first pregnancy ever, um, I actually ended up being in a miscarriage. Um, so I was only seven weeks, um, but to me, it still hurt as much as anybody, maybe even going full term, you know? No, I didn't know if my baby was a boy or girl. I didn't know any of that, but you know, it still was, I knew I was pregnant. Um, and it was to the extent to where they were even saying that uh, it could be a tubal pregnancy um, and that they would have to, I would have to have an abortion. Um, and I didn't want to do that for my own personal views, that's me, um, but I didn't want to do that. And I had to pray that um, I didn't have to make that decision. Um, and I thank God that I didn't have to make that decision. Um, I ended up having the um, miscarriage it still hurts to this day, um, but I am I'm, I'm glad that I didn't have to do um, the abortion part of it. Um, but I also, I forgot to say and highlight that I also dealt with um, PCOS, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I want to make sure I said that right, y'all. <laughs> and I know a lot of women deal with that. A lot of women have those, um, have that um, issue and that concern. Um, but so when they be like, oh, I can't have kids. Yeah, you can still, you can still, cause I had that, I was dealing with that um, also. Um, but yeah, so um, with the miscarriage, that was a horrible time. That was um, 2017. Um, I was, you know, in the process of purchasing my new house. Um, I was uh, working, you know, full-time job and, you know, um, when it was happening, I was so mentally stressed out about it, you know, because someone to tell you, like, you have to, you know, make this decision or something can happen to you, you know, you're stressed out. And I was trying not to stress myself. Um, so I just didn't feel supported from, you know, even like 
the my close connections, but the the providers, I felt like they were just rude about it, you know. Like, um, oh, the job, how, you know, dealing with um, trying to uh, be off work, you know, because trying to work and you telling me that I have to try to choose uh, if I'm going to have to, you know, uh, abort my baby um, or, you know, my health and I have to try to fight you guys to get off uh, FMLA mm -hmm. going through that process. Like, it was a, it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. And I feel like as a, a woman, you know, it's sad that we have to go through those things, um, especially in a time where we aren't at our best. Um, and it's like, just put your strong head on and roll with the punches. But sometimes it's not that easy. Um, it's not. Um, so it definitely was a lot for me during that time. Um, like I said, I, I hated, um, I hated not being able to do, um, look, I, I'm sorry, y'all. It's okay. Man, because even now, it still affects me. Because, I mean, people probably like, oh, girl, that's how many years ago? But it does affect, it still, it still affects people. Um, like I said, I wanted for years to have a baby. And then to finally find out I was having a baby and the baby wasn't going to make it, you know, it was hard. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, that's grief and loss of, of a child for a mother. Um, and it's going to impact you. It's going to impact you forever. It's just that over time, um, as you adjust to that new normal, it gets a little better, but it's still present, right? Yes, yeah. it is still present. It definitely is. Um, and it's a um it's a uh it's a hard oh it's hard i said i did not want to cry on this show and look i'm like 10 minutes in <laughs> not even 10 <laughs> not even 10 minutes you have to read the story so people need to hear this and you need to get it out so it's okay yeah <sighs> um so yes i like i said i really still haven't gotten over it i don't know if i ever will um, and there's no pressure for me to get over it. Um, but I didn't also have time to um, mourn the loss because I ended up, <laughs> craziness, but I ended up pregnant again. Um, like literally, I went to the hospital, I want to say maybe a month later, and I went in for blood clot issues because um, I, I deal with um, blood clots. Um, and so I went in and they ended up testing me again, and the guy, the doctor was like, hey, your levels are um, high, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, no, no. You know, I just lost the baby, so, you know, I'm probably coming down. And he's like, no, they're higher. I looked at your records. They're higher than the last one. You're pregnant again. And I was like, what? So I didn't really get to mourn the loss of one, and then here I am pregnant again, thank God, you know, but the, the emotional of trying to carry you know care for another baby and I'm like I just lost one so am I have to go through this again like you know what I mean so that whole on my mind and trying to make sure that I'm doing what I can for the baby that I'm holding or I'm carrying it was it was a stressful time for me too um I didn't I never let it really show um I tried to enjoy the moment as much as possible but I mean I'm very sick about 
Devan when I was carrying her. Um, and I felt like I tried to connect to everything that I could utilize to help me. Um, like I tried to get a doula at that time. Um, and, you know, being a woman um, at that point, I was definitely on state assistance and they were dropping, um, they were starting to drop uh, paying for doulas um, at that time. So, you know, they were making excuses for me at first, like, oh, we cover it, but you have to do this or you have to do that. And then eventually I found out that it just was dropped. They stopped covering doulas, which to me was the most horrible thing they could have ever done. Um, but we're gonna get into why I feel like that. Um, so I did try to get a doula and it didn't work out in time enough for me to have a doula when it came to uh, birthing Devea. And so with Devea, I hope I'm like hitting, hitting points and hitting timeline y'all. Um, so with the Vail's birth, I birthed at uh, Mercy's Hospital. Um, and the, my provider, I had been with him for a long time. So I just couldn't, could never connect how, um, when I became pregnant, how I felt uh, with him. It's like, I was seeing you for this long amount of time before I was pregnant and we were all good. And then, you know, here come me now pregnant and like, you even know what I was going through and how I wanted to get pregnant. Oh, and let me go back to that, because right, this is the most insensitive thing you can say to a woman uh, who just lost a child. This is coming from the provider. You can have another one. Like that is so insensitive. And yes, she can, but still, why? You know, like that baby didn't mean nothing to her. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe it. Very different. Like, yeah. so I definitely wanted to highlight that. Like, don't say that. Like, that's that's more things that you can say. Or if you don't have nothing that you can't say, quiet is fine. Yeah. Quiet. Um, no, <laughs> I know? agree. I agree. A lot of people in their discomfort, especially when it comes to to loss or death, um, they a lot of the time they don't know what to say. But because they feel so much discomfort, they gotta feel. Feel, feel in something and a lot of the time they end up saying the wrong thing and the person is like that's not helpful so like you said silence is good or if you can figure out some some type mm -hmm. of other option to support that person do it because if you don't have the right words you remember those those things you take them in and you carry them mm -hmm. around with you you know yes. but no I agree <laughs> Right. And I think that a huge part of, you know, which, which is a real problem with even how our healthcare system is set up. And like you said, you're going to highlight really the difference of having a doula and having a different type of support system. But the fact that we are aware that these things happen and we're aware that, you know, with, you know, infant mortality that we see three to four times, there's a, there's a greater chance that those babies are dying, you know, at a higher rate than their white counterparts. So to not even have any type of structure or support system where we're having conversations with families, that there's a possibility that you may actually leave, you may not leave this hospital with your baby. So to, so to not even have a postpartum plan, to not have any type of, you know, mental health services set up so that we can support families mm -hmm. if something like that were to happen, that also shows a broader issue with our system of care. Yes, and to highlight that, I'm glad you mentioned that about the hospital part. When I so what happened when I learned that I was having the miscarriage, I, I'm glad you touched on that because this is important too. I went to the hospital because I was bleeding. Um, I went to Mercy. I went to Mercy Hospital. 
I'm on Mercy Board now, y'all. So I'm hoping we can make some changes in this. <laughs> because uh, when I went to Mercy and um, I, I knew I was losing my baby. And a doctor, female doctor, big and pregnant, coming in there to tell me that I've lost my baby. Can you imagine how insensitive to me that, that was? Like, I get you the doctor, but you you see me, you know, as this black woman sitting here and you're finna, you see that I'm losing my child and you're carrying yours. I mean, you should have that to be like, hey, can you take this case and go in there and explain to her that she's losing her baby because you know what I mean? That is just, it was just so insensitive. And I mean, it's just like, yeah, honey, yeah, you're, you're losing your baby. I'm so sorry. But you big and pregnant walking out of here with yours. It just was, I couldn't, you know, I was like, man, dang. Like, you couldn't think to say like, okay, this might make her feel some type of way because she's pregnant and I'm telling her she's losing her baby. If it was me, you know, I would have been like, hey, can somebody else do this? Because I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, I agree. I agree. A lot of the providers are very cold. Like there's no, um, they they don't really tap into that empathy part. Like you you would think that they they would because they're servicing the community. They're servicing all sorts of people that you would you would tap in and really be observant about that. It's more of like lights and clockwork. I gotta come in and do X, Y, and Z, and then I gotta leave and do this, this, that, and the other. There's, there's no there's no like humanistic or, or rapport when it comes to like working with patients and I that is essential that's what I make sure I do with all of my hats or roles that I play is that the relationship is key I'm providing you a service customer service is important yes and I mean I understand that she you know she's human and she was pregnant and she couldn't you know she couldn't help that but at the same time I just feel like it could have been a different way uh, of doing it point blank period it really could have um so right that stuck with me um you know seeing this lady sitting up in my face super pregnant and yeah but yeah I'm sorry y'all okay. <laughs> yeah um so but to, to to continue on um I found out I was pregnant with uh the, the veil um tried to get the doula support didn't have it um didn't get to do it um and her the birth oh the birth I went in y'all and you know y'all as women you know and it's your first baby you all excited like I want this 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 that and all of the above I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that um like you have all of this just this whole thing mapped out of how your experience is gonna go and it's when you hit that bed, it's reality that it don't always go that way or it's not going to go that way. Um, and so I think um, the difference with having you guys as a doula from that particular aspect was that you were able to be like, hey, now, what's the backup? Because this is not going to always be, it's not going to go like you want it to go. Um, so what's the backup? What's the backup plan? How do, if that doesn't work out, what do you want to do next? Or how do you want to handle this? So I love that part about having a doula who can help support you in the time of like it's you know prepping for your birth um, and being there to support you when it doesn't go the way you want it to go. Um, so it definitely didn't go like I thought it was gonna go. I wanted an all natural birth. Um, I thought it was gonna be like 
on TV where you have the little boy, your, your mate spouse sitting there, you know, holding your head and you just, and you come out all cute and the baby just like, oh, it's so cute. I was not even, I ain't gonna even start. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm like, he's gonna be sitting there rubbing my back and <laughs> got me off. I'm just gonna be sitting there breathing and everything is gonna be okay. No, yeah. it didn't go like that, y'all. It did not. It was a fully medicated birth. I had to be induced. Um, they induced me at 37 weeks with the Vaya. Um, and I mean, even it being induced, I went in like I didn't want an epidural. I'm not gonna have it, I'm not doing it. I'm not. And for the beginning of the process, um, I went all the way to about midnight. I went in at eight, checked in and stuff. Ten o'clock, they started um, the procedure of uh, they started with the um, oh, what is the pill called? Y'all? Help me out, doula. The Cytotec. They started me with Cytotec, um, and then they moved from Cytotec to a balloon um, or a folly cap, I think is what it's called. Um, I think that's what it's called. Don't call me on that, y'all. But um, so they started me on that. So over time, I was starting to labor and stuff like that. But that about 10 o'clock that night, they was like, okay, it's not progressing fast enough um, as we thought it should, or it should be going. And we just want to make sure that she gets out in a, a um, in a, I guess, a good timing, time frame or whatever. But other than that, I didn't, hear a reason why they wanted to do uh Pitocin. I didn't think it would be I didn't think it was necessary looking back on it um but when you're you don't know you know you just like putting it in the doctor's hand and letting the doctors you know take full go ahead uh, you're the doctor you should know right um in which we we as black women sometimes we don't feel like we can speak up because we don't know a lot um, and so that's why I would say definitely educate yourself. Um, first time mom, second time mom, whenever. If you're pregnant and you're having children, and educate yourself on what's going on. And, um, be aware of your rights um, as a patient. Um, if you're birthing in the hospital or even if you're birthing at home, whatever, just be aware of your options. Um, that's the best thing that I can give uh, information that I can give you or advice to any moms um, out there. Um, but yeah, so about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock that night, you know, he's like, uh, they like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give you Pitocin. And I'm like, oh, I'm already contracting. I'm feeling the contractions. I'm, I'm dealing with them, you know? Um, and so I'm like, okay, I guess this is what he needs to do. So I want to want my baby here. So do whatever you got to do. They come in, they give me the Pitocin. OMG. <laughs> That Pitocin is like, oh, I ain't trying to scare people either. Oh, who baby? Look, I don't want to scare you, but this is my experience. They say Pitocin is different for everybody. So this is my experience. I don't want to try to get scared, but that Pitocin was hell. Man, I mean, that was the worst pain ever. And I felt natural contractions because I did it with, <laughs> I did it with Delilah. But um, that Pitocin was really hell and I was already exhausted. Um, and so I ended up tapping out and going ahead and doing the uh, epidural. But one thing that came or like stuck with me was the lady that came in to do it, she was like, you been here this long without one? 
girl, what you been waiting on? And I'm like, you know, in my mind thinking like, what? What you mean? And so then I also was like, well, I thought you had to wait a certain amount of time before you could get it. And so she's like, no, uh-uh, no. You, I'm like, you come through the door. Oh, okay. I did not even know that. Like, you walking in the door asking for, but whoever, that's your preference. That's fine. But I always thought that you had to wait till you were starting to at a certain time. But I don't know. Do y'all ever hear about that? Or do y'all know, like, how that is going? Or is that, that's, that's just it right now that we just popping needles in your back when you get to the door? <laughs> 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 you know what I, I only you know what I, for my own personal experience I actually I can relate to like with that first birth going in and not knowing a lot and we were young parents you know you know newly married and um there was a lot of pressure like oh it's going to be so painful if you don't do this but these things they put a lot of fear like oh if you you know um you need to consider this because you know and so it was just all of these reasons why they needed to give give me all of these interventions mm-hmm. you know when I came through the doors but you know ultimately in which I you know did later on I, I you know I could have had my son without having any of those interventions, but it was a lot of fear and it was a lot of not knowing. And I think even just relating to your story, like how you started off, you're like, you know, you're just happy that you've been able to carry this baby because you've experienced something traumatic that has not been addressed. The mental aspect and the physical aspect of what you experienced with your first pregnancy has never been addressed. And then you get into the situation and you're trying not to question you know, right. because you're looking like these are the professionals and I don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you feel like you don't want to tip too much and, and, and mess things up because you're just so grateful to even be in that moment to where you're having this baby. But it exactly. is important for us to have that education ahead of time. And, mm. you know, just even looking at the difference, you know, between, you know, your pregnancies and how you address that, even when we came into the picture and how we approached, you know, that third, you know, pregnancy. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I think that, like you said, that had a lot to do with it too. It was like, well, I just lost one. I ain't trying to lose another one. Do whatever y'all can to save my baby. And I'm going to just sit here and shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to let y'all do it. Um, not ask questions or nothing. Um, so yeah, but you know, I did, like I said, it was fully medicated. Um, the vet, she, she did come. She was healthy. Um, she, you know, she still her, still going, still moving around and grooving. Um, and I'm so grateful for her. Um, and man, who I thought I birthed something when she came. Cause you know, you get, um, when you become a mom, oh, look at me. When you become a mom, it's, it's a whole type of different um, look, outlook on life. You know, it doesn't even, cause people might, <laughs> People have known me really closely, like before children, I was focused all on me, you know, I didn't focus on anything else. And now, you know, and I had, I moved how I wanted to move. And I, I'm grateful for my children because I feel like if I didn't birth them girls, I probably wouldn't be where I am now in this position because mm-hmm. I moved because I moved for them. Um, every episode I do, everything that I do, I I move for them because I want them to have a better outcome when it comes to um, things that I've experienced and birthing is one of them. Um, if, you know, cause they're women, um, being a woman, being a black woman, you know, I wanted, I, I moved for them. Um, and so I, I, like I said, I feel like when she came, I feel like, Oh, I'm, in, I'm stepping into my purpose. Um, but I did 
before I got to that light, I, it was a dark time after the day. Um, I had postpartum depression um, and people probably look and be like, how, when, why, what? I have postpartum depression. Black women, postpartum depression is real. Black people, can we stop telling women um, to just pray about it or you'll be okay? It's nothing, it happens. No, let's talk about mental health and how we can direct them to some resources to help them because it is real. Um, and I did deal with, dealt with it very um, secluded um, by myself for a, a while um, for the first I would say a month or so, um, I was kind of like in it by myself. And I think even um, at a time Demetrius noticed too, he was like, you know, I think something might be wrong. I think you might be, you might be dealing with postpartum depression. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> but, you know, he said it. Like, Support you, right? Yeah, I was like, I don't even know what that is. But okay, you know, you're right. I need to, um, I definitely need to figure out something because I ain't feeling myself. Um, yeah. So, uh, one thing I wanted to say is that your spouse is going to see the, the changes in your mood. They're going to, you know, pregnancy, you know, your body is accommodating for another being. And so your ho your hormones, your, your chemical balances in your brain are all are, are not, you know, at a regular um, uh, amount. They're fluctuating throughout your pregnancy. And so um, your partner um you know, if you have a, a, your family, your partner, et cetera, whoever who's around you through this time is going to observe the changes and they're going to get the grunt of it. The person that is experiencing these changes aren't going to, aren't going to be aware of it, but they know that internally there's something different going on. Um, and, you know, when you move into that postpartum period, your, your hormones, your levels drop because your body is trying to regulate back into itself. And so there are going to be changes there. There's going to be mood swings, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a lot of the time, if you're experiencing any maternal health, mental health things, you are going to hit some, you know, baby blues, baby mm -hmm. blues. One thing I want to let people know is that baby blues is temporary. It's kind of similar to um, postpartum depression. The, the, it's kind of one in the same, but the big thing about baby blues is that it doesn't last. But if it does last longer than like a couple of weeks, it probably is a postpartum depression or anxiety. And then the most severe is psychosis. That's when you're, you know, just out of sorts. You might be having um, delusions, hallucinations, et cetera, et cetera. So just overall, maternal mental health is real. It's something that women are dealing with. And I'm really happy that, you know, we're having this um Zoom today, letting people know, building awareness. Jama is building so much awareness about Shout it. Shout out to Jama. I'll get exactly. into that. I'll get into that. <laughs> exactly. So um, this is real. This is something that needs to be talked about. This is my, my niche. I love it. I love that I have the opportunity to work with moms of color. And we're talking about this. We're working on things. We are, you know, um, figuring out what the issues are. And, and, and I'm there to support my clients in figuring out what are the tools and techniques? What are the treatments? This is something that can be worked on and it can improve. But when you don't provide any type of intervention, if you're not working on it, it does progressively get worse. So I'm yeah. just glad that um, there's resources out there in the area and people are really um, doing the work. So 
Yeah, um, and I was going to say, because um, people are like, well, how did you work through it? Um, mm -hmm. uh, um, I was uh, introduced to Jamal Birth Village. Um, shout out to True Kilman, big time. Um, I always have mad respect for her, man, and what she's doing. Um, but I was introduced to them. Um, I went to the Moms Line group that they hold there. Shout out to... Um, Kim and the mom's line, SSM mom's line. Um, so I was, go I started going to the groups and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny because sometimes I used to be in there by myself. So I felt like this is like a one-on-one -on -one therapy session. Like, Let me kick my feet up. <laughs> Y'all don't listen to these, these for two hours. I got some stuff to get off my chest. But um, man, and so then meeting other moms in that group and um, being around other moms that were, you know, either dealing with the, the uh, problem of having to advocate for their pregnancy uh, or just being in a mom situation or even relationship. But we all got to sit there and just talk about motherhood, period, in our life and what we were experiencing and getting it off our chest and people were never judgmental if we, you know. Then so being around True and her knowledge, and then I started to be like, wait a minute, this ain't right. Like, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, I went through in my birth, this is not right. What the hell? And, what, and so then coming around and learning the things that I learned. Um, uh, I want to shout out this uh, documentary, The Business of Being Born. I, man, if y'all could watch that, that changed my whole aspect on everything. <laughs> but um, if you can watch that documentary, I think it's on YouTube possibly. But check that out. Um, so I watched that. And then, like I said, being around True and learning from Jamal Birth Village, um, you know, I was like, this is not right. Um, Black women deserve better. And so my advocacy started. Um, and so I became like, I'm loud and proud. I'm telling my story. Y'all probably saw me. I had to get the little segment with Jamal um, on the news station. Um, so I, like I'm telling this is not it wasn't right I didn't feel right it shouldn't have been done um, and I want to save other people from it being done to them um, and so that's where the advocating started um, and then I was introduced to Flourish shout out to Flourish y'all know I, I'm Black Babies Matter Flourish that's I'm on the leaders cabinet and we are recruiting I will post that information um, for the new uh, cohort they want to start they want to start a new cohort um, and we're having an event I want to believe I want to say February 6th um, to like an open house kind of event um, so I definitely will post that on the site uh, so you guys can have access to that um, if you think this is something that you want to uh, advocate for or get down the avenue but shout out to Flourish um, Without them, they helped push my advocacy to a whole nother level. Um, I can't even get into all of the details, but I mean, it was like Jamal introduced me and Flourish came and got me and just like, okay, there you go. You got you. And they don't push me out there. Um, and so uh, I appreciate um, both of them and all of them who I am speaking of because they are in part of the journey of Savannah and advocacy. But so right in the last and so and so on and so forth um, throughout the rest of uh, Devea's life and uh, well not the rest of her life but you know the time frame before having another child 
Um, I just spent my time like focusing on being a better mother, making sure my mental health was healthy. I started seeing a therapist who I still to this day see. I say that to say therapy works. It helps black women, black people. It is real. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I see a therapist every day, uh, not every day, every week. Um, so I, I love her, I don't love her, but I appreciate her dearly because, you know, she can relate as she's a mother and she's a black woman and she can relate to me um, in my situation. So shout out to her. Um, but then comes Delilah. I did not think I was going to be pregnant again. <laughs> I was like, was not even trying to be pregnant again because I had my hands full with Delaya and advocating. And so I was just focused on all of that and then think that, you know, I would be pregnant again um, and to find out again the way I found out. Um, I went to the hospital. It gets this one, oh, y'all. And I be wondering, like, why is stuff always happening to me, y'all? <laughs> like, why me? Why do y'all keep doing stuff to me? Oh, but I went to the hospital uh, again for a blood clot issue. I felt like I had a blood clot in the back of my leg. I went to get checked out. I did not want to go back to Mercy. Oh, after experiencing things at Mercy, like um, another one was um, uh, the tech saying, calling the uh, Vea. Uh, a little monkey or whatever I just was turned off at that point I felt like I advocated for myself then too much happened but I was just turned off with Marcy at that point um, but again like I said I'm now working on the board and hopefully we can make some things happen um that you know will help better them um moving forward but um I went to the hospital by Mary's <clears throat> and <laughs> was getting checked out um and uh, the just insensitive, it was just like, again, the insensitivities of being uh, a black person and coming into these, because um, honestly, who predominantly white workers, um, you know, working in these um, hospitals um, from the start, like, I mean, the guy was just like, he was nonchalant, just like, you know, I'm not, you know, like, you would think you would say, hey, I'm going to draw your blood, you know, can you hold your arm like this? I mean, just ripping my arm, putting a knee, like, it just was like, ugh, like, it's lack of customer service and lack of empathy, period. Um, so then I get to, in the back to be seen, um, and the nurse comes in, and she's talking, and she's like, she, I guess, I don't know, I, I don't feel like she even got comfortable. I think she just does, she was doing it normally so it just was something part of her you know her work way or whatever but she started asking questions she was like oh is this your first um and oh um uh is the father active in life and so me being who I am you know I was playing the devil advocate I'm like mm, this is my second you know second no you know he's my he's not um and oh my god honey what are you guys doing to yourselves you young ladies like why do you keep doing this and i was like excuse me like, that's so unprofessional to sit here and tell me so basically to me it was like you were saying you know you you keep getting yourself in this situation and having babies and babies and you can't take care of them you don't know my situation you know, if even that, if I if he wasn't in my life, how do you not know who else is there? You know, to be supportive. You know what I mean. So for you to say that, so 
so I, you know, I done snapped on the lady and I'm like calling, uh, I need the, the supervisor here. Uh, I don't want to talk to the supervisor because this needs to be addressed because I can speak up for myself. I'm, I'm learning to speak up for myself and I'm still speaking up for myself. What if that was a girl that was going through some stuff? Do you hear me? Can you t- imagine that would have took on her mental talk, like her mental? She probably would have been ready to walk out the hospital and kill herself. Cause you sent her telling her she should be doing we she should be doing better because she pregnant how dare you you know the audacity to do that you know what i mean so of course she's like she's trying to apologize she didn't mean it in that that way and i was like and then don't do it to a black woman how dare you do it to me as a black woman yeah i'm gonna put rice on it because rice matters i have rice doesn't it rice matters y'all dealing with predominantly black people coming through this hospital so don't do that um, but anyway, so I, of course, talking to the head and, you know, we get this issue elevated all the way to the top, you know what I mean? the top. I ain't talking about the, the supervisor over the uh, ER unit. I'm talking about the head of the hospital. Yes. We sit down, yes. we have a conversation and he's sitting there like, I understand you know, uh, I'm so sorry you had to go through this. Um, this is wrong. We should get you here to help talk to our um, our doctors and tell your story. And we want to make sure that we do something different. We want to keep in contact. Yeah, I ain't heard from that man. Black man, but I ain't heard from that man. I ain't heard nothing from them. Hey, that's okay. It's, no, it's not okay. Honestly, it's not okay because it, it to me it was like shh, we hushing you up. Oh, but wait, I didn't even get to another part. I'm, I skipped something. Wait a minute, y'all, because it was not even that too alone what got me there. But the one of the doctors came in and they wanted to do um, a CAT scan um, to make sure I didn't have any clots like traveling or anything. Um, and so I'm like, I really didn't want to do it. At this point, I'm already upset because I just what I have to deal with with the nurse. I'm like, I really don't want to do it. But she's like, well, what? I mean, if you don't do it, you could die. And I'm like, really? That's how you go to sit here and say something? Tell me how I should be, this, I should do it because if I don't, I'm gonna, I could die. Like, if I don't feel like I want to do something, don't pressure me into doing it. But here I go. If I'm, listen to y'all first mind, because I didn't know this one. I went in there and let them people uh, stick that needle in me and my vein, the dye for the cat scan. Um, and my vein ended up blowing. Um, and so I had dye in my arm and it swelled my arm up. Do you hear me? A big old arm. I mean, it was horrible. And I'm already in panic mode. I'm like hyperventilating because I already didn't feel like I wanted to do this. I'm upset for what I experienced coming in here with the nurse and the the um, tech at the beginning. So I'm just like overwhelmed um, and just emotional and pissed off, point blank, period. Um, and so, girl, I mean, just listen, thinking back on this situation, it was just, it was irritating. It was so, it was a lot of frustration um, because at first I should have just listened to myself. Um, and then that's nothing, they don't listen to us. Cause I'm telling her I don't want to do it and you're pressuring me to do it instead of just saying, you know, here you just I understand you don't want to do it for my you know safety. I have to tell you what's your concern, what you know, what's the issue if you don't, but to say it like that, it was just 
it was disrespectful. Um, so then at this point, my arm is swole. I'm like mad, like get this off of me. They come to me and they're like, sign this form. Um, they didn't even have me sign permission to get the, the scan done um, before. And they're trying to bring it to me after the fact. Do y'all hear me? After the fact. Or I'm big and slow, and you try to tell me to sign some form. So that's another thing. You didn't even slow down to do your job correctly. You're just going and going and going and going. And so when I say we sat with the head, and you listen to this, but you you didn't do any back work like you said you were going to do, how harmful is that? But I also want to plug that how many different hospitals y'all heard me talking about, right? Like that's another thing. So it's not just one specific hospital. That's when we go into this is a system situation. This is across the board. So we need to do something all across the board to make sure that these things aren't happening because they are. And like I said, I've switched hospitals. You know what I mean? I ain't staying at one hospital. If I feel like you're not doing proper care, I'm going to switch. But if I'm going to different hospitals and experiencing different things like this, something is wrong across the board. So we have to do better. Um, and that's another reason why I'm a big advocate. Um, but so, of course, that happened. I dealt with that through the beginning of Delilah's pregnancy. Um, and then, of course, I, I got connected, you know, even though we were already kind of connected to you guys, but because um, Joy is also part of the cabinet. Um, I know Candice from Thujama. Um, so we were already kind of uh, connected, but I was like, even me being certified doula, I was like, y'all, I need doulas. <laughs> I'm not going into this pregnancy without doulas. <laughs> I need me some doulas. Uh, and I was, I want both doulas. I want a birth doula and a, a, a postpartum doula. And listen to me when I say this, y'all, it definitely makes a difference. Um, both doulas. Um, doulas are a wide range of different uh, avenues. And I will get on that in a... a, a a video um, or an upcoming show called All Things Doulas. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm like, I'm going in, I'm gonna do that. And whew, I got, you know, we connected, Joy, I was like, Joy, you're gonna be my doula. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I was like, let's get it, I'm ready. And then of course, guess what hit? COVID! COVID, pandemic. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> so again, when I say I had it all in my mind again, yeah. like I got my doula, we finna be in there, I'm gonna be on my birthing ball, I'm gonna be blowing, and it's gonna be all good. <laughs> yes. And I think, like, yeah, and I and I would yeah. say like with us, like just was really interesting was that was the first time that Joy and I were like collaborating to work together to like really create a full like circle of care for you because we knew um, just from talking you know with you and what your situation was prior and really trying to create a plan where you felt supported um, and really educated. We knew you were you know we know you're part of this you know birth world as well. So you mm -hmm. are and you're you're an advocate and it's really it's really unfortunate that all those things happen to you, but it's not uncommon and that's really the sad you know, thing about our situation that, that, that we're having these conversations is not uncommon. There's people that are going to be listening and they're like, that is my story. That's what I experienced when I went through the healthcare, you know, system. So, you know, just knowing that, you know, we were coming in and saying that, 
we want to make sure that we support you, not just because of our profession, but because it was like, you're part of our village. Like you, you know, we, we know each other. We're trying to make sure that we support you in a different way. And then, like you said, of course, you know, COVID happened, but what that did was make us have to kind of pivot and do things differently and say, okay, what does support look like after something major like a pandemic, how do we still support our families? What things are changed and what are some ways that we can look into what we provide and also the community to tap into whatever resources so we can make sure you come away with a different experience. And as you explained, you know, it's interesting that COVID was not even a factor or issue with your prior, you know, births. And even though we had to change up some things, there's really some differences in how you were able to go through with this, you know, pregnancy and with this birth and, um, and just, you know, and even just watching you and, and just seeing you come alive as we're going into that, it just, it just melts my heart knowing that I got an opportunity, you know, to be a part of this, you know, journey as well, because doulas get chosen to work with the person we are humbled we are put in the role to walk along that journey with you so you know it's just really a, a honor just to be looking at you and seeing just how far you've come exactly well, i do totally appreciate agree. you guys mm -hmm. uh, which, i'm sorry joy what you say oh no i was just saying i totally agree um and uh you know when you reached out to me i was kind of surprised because you know i i was still you know um you know, like I had my, my previous births and things like that. And when you had reached out, I was just like, oh, she's, she's picking me. This is pretty awesome. And um, I was really excited, you know, to be in person with you. But then once things changed, I'm like, I still want her to get the, the, you know, the best care that I can possibly give her and be a support to her and make her feel like even though we're shifting to, you know, virtual services, she's still feels connected we're still building a rapport we're still working on the um, things that she wants to work on in order to make this birth successful so I was so driven and so just like this is really important to me because I wanted you to feel uh, supported just because you know all the things that have happened before and so I really wanted to make your care individualized and making sure that we're hitting everything that we need to in order for you to feel at ease because I think this pregnancy, you were seeking peace and you just yes. wanted to be heard and mm -hmm. listened to and respected. So I just like, you know, Candace said, I'm so glad that you chose me because it was such an amazing, awesome experience for me just being a new doula. Well, I definitely um, appreciated you and not only that you have the aspect of the doula, but the mental. And that was important for me, too, because, like I said, I dealt with um, the, the uh, postpartum depression and, you know, the anxiety when I was pregnant with the uh, veil because of the loss. And I hadn't really got over that. And so being pregnant again and, you know, still having that hang over your head, you like it's there, but it's not there, but you know, you never know what's, what's in the back of your mind. So I wanted to make sure someone else could understand that aspect of me. Um, and you definitely feel those shoes. So I appreciate both, both of you guys, both of you. It was times where like, <laughs> Candace and me used to be like, she cooking? <laughs> she ain't cooking, she cooking. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah that yeah. first part, part is different. It hit different. You getting fed, you getting loved on. You, getting you heard me. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's, 
let me tell y'all, look, we finna stop baby showers. I don't know. Oh, we finna start doing like uh the food train thing that you yeah. did. Um for me was awesome. I didn't even know nothing about that, Candace. She plugged that on me for me. I mean, um, and supporting women by getting them doulas. If we can support them by paying for them some doula support, is it doing birth or after birth? If you can't come. And you got funds, pay a doula to come and help that mom. Like, we have to make that a normal situation. I really feel like, you know, yeah. hopefully we can get this state to fund these right. doulas. Right, but because that was one of your barriers community. as well. You know, that was a yeah, barrier for that was one of my well, things as well. Yeah, so, yeah. With, with the VAIA, right. If they, I couldn't get nobody to help me um, cover the expenses for the doula, so I ended up not having one. Um, but... So yeah, so going through that and being pregnant with Delilah and finding out that we had the COVID situation and then that I could possibly only have one person at my birth, um, like that was a, oh, Lord, was that a headache? And I'm like, no, y'all taking my doula. <laughs> like, y'all can't do that to me. I don't need, no, I need more than one person. Like, and I'm sitting here like, honestly telling the mission, like, uh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you seen the mayor of being born. You ain't really got to be that for this. <laughs> I need my doula. <laughs> I was about to kick him out for the doula, y'all. <laughs> like, look, I need my doula. Um, but it worked out. Um, honestly, um, we as as like I was like hurt about not having her in person, but she was there virtually. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, like I said, I had her the whole time during the pregnancy um, and advocating for myself at the doctors. Um, yeah. I would have her there on the phone. <laughs> Let, let's, let's get into that too, y'all. Look, mm-hmm. Let me take a sip of water on this one. I'm so proud of you. Like legit, legit, like so proud of you I know that you were kind of anxious about that speaking up and speaking out for yourself man this girl came alive like we we would you know prior to your doctor's appointments we would talk through what you wanted to say like I I feel like so you know as a doula we are there to support and help our moms navigate and make sure that we are working on the goals and things that they want to work on for their pregnancy. And one thing that you wanted to work on was advocacy, advocacy for yourself, speaking up, speaking out for yourself, knowing your client rights. Um, And I think a lot of um, Black moms don't want to speak up because one, they don't know if they can. They don't know, they, they think if they say something, oh, I'm being the, the angry black mom or the staff is going to mm-hmm. look at me some type of way or, or they're going to judge me or they're you know not going to give me the proper care. These are the things that moms are thinking about when they go into their providers. Other moms aren't thinking about that. If they have a question, they just give it and the, the professional or the provider is like, okay, let's talk about it. No. When moms of color come into come to see their provider, they should get the same care. And it's not my job to speak for my client. No, I'm going to teach my client to build those interpersonal skills so she can do it, so that she can build her confidence and use these skills after her pregnancy. So, Shravana, you came in there and did your thing. We did our modeling and our practicing, and this girl did her thing, did it. Let that doctor know what's what. Girl. I mean, 
the stereotype of period um, or the the the, the the things that they like to put on not only black women, but I'm advocating for my plus size women too. My um, they love to say things like, you know, um, your baby's gonna be big because I did deal with uh gestational diabetes, so they're like, your baby's gonna come out big if you don't take this, um, or you won't go full term. Um, so it's it's because I advocated for to get to 39 weeks. Like, I'm like, y'all not gonna keep taking my babies early. <laughs> I'm like, I was trying my hardest to get to 40. I'm like, I'm trying everything to make sure that I dilate. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not taking no side attacks. I don't want none of that medicine. I'm not doing it. This was after having a medicated birth. So people, if you you had a medicated birth, you can have a natural birth. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I am not taking any of that. Um, I what was it? Uh, they was pushing the epidural like hard. They were like, well, if something shall happen, you already will have it. And you know, um, that way if you have to do a C-section. I mean, that was giving off to me this negative energy. And I just kept saying, Joy, like why they putting that on me? Like, let me just have my baby. Like we ain't even got to the delivery room and y'all talking about C-sections and epidural. Like, why are y'all bringing this negative energy to me? No, I don't want it. I don't want it. And what you did did was um, you told your provider about your birth plan. Like, here's a copy of it. This is what I want to do. And and one thing I, I thought was really awesome of your provider is that um, I, she gave you reassurance, like, okay, we're going to try to do what we can with this. It might not be exactly what it is, but I hear you. We have a copy of it. You can bring a copy with you. Um, so yes. I like that provider. So not all providers have their way. There are some who are flexible, who are understanding, are. who will listen. It's just about mm-hmm. building a relationship. But a lot of yes. providers aren't in that mode. They're just like, let me just see you and get out. No, you slow your provider down. Talk yes. to them, let them know what your concerns are and see what they say. And if you don't like what they're saying, you keep going. You, if you don't like you what your provider's going. saying, you go above them. And Shavanna uh, was all about that. And that's what I want moms to know is that you have a voice. You can speak up. You can speak out on any issue. And, yes. and talking to your provider is key. So Yes. It is definitely key. Um, yeah, and being prepared. Um, I definitely gave them a copy of um, my birth plan and I had a copy for when I went in to, uh, to have yeah. her and everything. Like, mm-hmm. do y'all got my birth plan? Are y'all, ain't got, are they, are y'all got it? Okay, because I had a copy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I had a copy right here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so definitely having that. Um, and again, too, y'all, just because because you do have a plan does not always mean it's going to go that way. Because um, even with this birth, it still didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I wanted to be able to do, um, uh, what was it? The capsule. Um, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called. Um, Will you take your... Um, placenta? Your yeah. The yes. placenta right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. do that, um, but they wouldn't allow me to get uh, my... Uh, Placenta. And so that yeah. was a thing at the beginning, wasn't it, uh, Joy? Mm-hmm. You were down said, about that. Mm-hmm. When I saw Joy said, listen, her, we got bigger problems. <laughs> she said, we got to get that baby here, okay? <laughs> we cannot be stressed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I said, when I said I needed that, because I was, I was about ready to walk up out the hospital. <laughs> like, uh-uh. I, 
she's like, no, nah, honey, we need to get this baby here healthy mm-hmm. and good. So mm-hmm. we all worry about that later and get yeah. all this with his birthborn or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shout out to you for that because I knew that <laughs> in that moment. I did because I was mad as I'm mad. Are you? <laughs> here, here, here I go again, trying to mess up my birth. <laughs> but you were able, you were able to push forward. I, again, I'm so proud of you. You, you've shown so much strength and resilience and just like drive like I'm about to I'm about to birth this baby it's gonna be what it's gonna be there was just oh and and you didn't need any medication you did it all natural honey all natural like what that's huge yes all natural and if y'all want to know how I'm gonna get into that um so (laughs) shout out again to True uh and her natural remedies the red uh, raspberry leaf tea I was taking that um for the um for doing closer to the time to um uh delivery um of course the natural way doing that <laughs> y'all y- come on y'all how you make the baby yeah, we did that. <laughs> I look I was trying any method to dilate you hear yeah. me <laughs> I'm like y'all not gonna put no medicine in me <laughs> so whatever was gonna work we gonna get this done you was handling your business right? I was handling my business really wrong okay the hood top really wrong I was handling my business I'm like uh-uh. <laughs> So we did that, um, and so by the time we got there, I was dilated. I think there was like two, wasn't it like two, I believe, um, Joy? I was like yeah. two, two centimeters dilated, almost three. And so all they had to do was um, the um, the balloon again. Uh, they did put that in, um, which is like a little, uh, I forgot what it was, like it's material, but it's not medication, it's material, yeah. uh, which would help me dilate to uh, five centimeters. Um, so I walked. Yes, you did. I walked. I um, uh, nipple stimulation. Yeah. These are natural things that help um, start uh, help labor produce. Um, so nipple. We was. I was pumping. I would walk. I would pump. I would walk. I would pump. Um, and so finally, the um, people probably like, oh, this is real and wild. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the, the balloon fell. I was five centimeters. And um, the doctor came in and was like, uh, well, it looks like you, you're not moving along here. Do you want me to uh, bust your water and break your water? And I'm like, no. no. Yeah, I said, no. I said, no, <laughs> let me, let's, let's try some other stuff. Let's keep moving. Soon as that doctor walked out that door, I got back on the, um, the uh, pump, uh, the breast pump machine to stimulate the water broke on its own. Do you hear me? She came back in and was like, well, I guess you don't need me, huh? <laughs> hey, that's the whole goal. <laughs> that's my goal. I that is definitely the goal. So, so I'm like, and this was like, like, I'm like, nah, water done broke. And I was so happy because I didn't get to feel that with uh, the baby. And that's another thing with the medicated birth. I feel like I lost out on a lot of feelings. And, you know, I, I wasn't really like, especially once you get the epidural. And some people want, you know, don't want it. I mean, they want it and that's fine. But I really wanted to feel all of it. And I, I, I pay homage to my ancestors because, and I, used, I was thinking of that in my head the whole time when I was doing it naturally. It's like, my ancestors did this yeah. without any yeah. intervention. Do you hear me? Right. Do you hear me? Any. So I kept thinking, like, if they can do it, I am them. 
I can't. You better say that. Do you hear me? I was determined. Like I could do it. And so, um, and I mean, they hit them. Them potatoes was hidden. At one point, I was like, uh, Joy, I don't know. I think I can't do this. But before we get to that, um, so you know, the water broke. Of course, the tractors are going harder. Um, they wanted me to lay in the bed. And I was determined not to. I was like, nope. I said, y'all better figure out a way for me to keep moving around for y'all can monitor the baby. I understand y'all want to monitor, blah, blah, blah. Um, but no, I need y'all to figure out a way to um to uh have me moving. I need motion mm-hmm. because that was what was helping me. I, fe- I felt like if I would have laid back down, it would have we started about what maybe one noon yeah i had um delilah at eight o'clock that night um so it went by fast even that was like don't tell nobody how fast this went so if they catch it like i'm like did we tell her don't tell nobody that because <laughs> i was like don't tell nobody how fast this went this ain't how it usually go <laughs> But um, so right, so I'm like, no, I'm determined not to lay down. I'm not going to get in the bed. And they're trying to help me figure out a way to keep monitoring the baby and moving around. So they were really working with me. Yeah. Um, so I shout true. out to Borns for that. I had Delilah at Borns. Um. So shout out to her. And one thing I can respect about Borns too, I was uh, um, they were uh, like you said, open to me, uh, listening to me and uh, being accepting of me wanting to do what I wanted to do and making it happen as much as I possibly could. Um, and talking to me along the way, yeah. um, telling me like, this is what we want to do. How you feel about this? Or do you want to do that? Or, you know, <clears throat> you know, giving me my options and telling me and not just coming in and saying like, well, we got to do this, or we got to do that. You know, it was a totally different uh, feel. But um, so we get to the point where they can't really get the monitors um, to stick, uh, but I'm at this point, I feel like we were in high drive labor um, <laughs> because I'm like, these could try, they were trying to put, uh, what was it? It was, um, I think it was the um, the wireless um, mm-hmm. monitors in. Mm-hmm. They were trying to put the wireless monitors in so that I could still be able to walk. But I'm like, at this point, I'm like, we is in high gear. Like, this has to be active labor. Like, y'all not, every time they try to go, I'm like, wait, wait, another one, hold up, no, uh-uh. And so I was definitely like ready to tap out at that point because they kept saying too that the head wasn't down close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, what is they saying? Like, I don't understand how not if these contractions are hitting this hard. Um, but um and then so eventually you know one thing i do want to highlight too is shout out to um demetrius and shout out to joy because you pushed him um i don't think you pushed him i think you helped motivate him to feel um confident to be there to support um and that's one thing i do want to highlight for for uh, males is that doulas are not just there for the female let's talk about that they are not just there for the females. They are there to also help you navigate how to be a supportive person also. Um, so don't shy away and be like, oh, well, she just here for her. her. Um, I'm just sitting back in the background. Uh, you know, or don't feel intimidated if she comes in. You know, that would definitely help, you know, <clears throat> figure out your role and help you support you in your role. Um, I mean, and you told him like, hey, I want you to 
be okay with talking to me. I want you because if anybody knows Demetrius, Demetrius is really laid back and calm and collective in the background <laughs> and chill. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I think it's important to highlight that we had those conversations during your prenatal, you know, meeting. So when we were meeting with you and having that conversation about like, hey, you know, we are here to fill this role, but not to be in the way of your partner. And these are ways that he can support you without us being in the way. So I think too, that when you um, look into getting a doula, you really want someone that understands how your family is structured mm -hmm. and really being supportive to the whole family. It's not just being supportive to the, the burdened person. Exactly. I definitely wanted to highlight that. So yeah. Yeah. But thank you, Joy, for that. Cause you definitely did that. Um, and so we birthing on, um, I don't know, did I miss anything, Joy, that you think we can highlight? Cause I mean, I feel like. Well, I know that the, didn't the team of like, um, residents come in and they kind of were present for the latter part of the birth and, and they were just like talking to you and, and ex like saying to you like, Hey, this is so awesome that you had a doula present and it was virtual and you guys were working together and they were, they were <clears throat> in awe of it. Cause they, I yeah. guess they had never seen it. Yeah, it was definitely a moment. Um, even the nurses when they first came in, cause I had, I had my, um, uh, the fuser going, they would come in and be like, oh, it smells so good in here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you got to They were excited. They were like, oh, you have a doula? She's going to be virtually. I love doulas. Like, they were excited about <laughs> me having a doula. I feel like that's one thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's super cute. Huh? So that birth for me, it really did feel like it was, like, amazing to them as a thing because I did have once I had Delilah and they trans, uh, transported me to the uh, recovery room, the doctor came, one of the doctors came in and was like, your birth, it, it definitely uh, opened my eyes and it, you know, it was, uh, I'm so grateful for having been present for it. Um, and I say that because again, you guys, they thought that, you know, I'm a heavy set plus size woman, you know, I'm <clears throat> dealing with, um, I dealt with the, um, the, the, uh, Gestational diabetes. I was dealing with uh, the deep, uh, the blood clot issues. So I was taking blood thinners. So they automatically was thinking like she has all these issues that's gonna it might escalate into something big. They weren't never thinking that I could go in and have an all natural birth. Um, and I did. I mean, they were like your your will to do it um, is like. <laughs> my um the practitioner that I saw for most of my pregnancies, uh, I seen her the six weeks after, and she said she looked at my chart and she was like, when I saw that you did not, you had a natural birth, she was like, excuse me, but you're a badass. <laughs> she was like, you are a badass, and I was like, yeah, I need that. <laughs> but yeah so they had a whole you know in which I mean I get that they're professionals and that they have to think about the, the worst case scenario or whatever and they want to be prepared for the worst um, but I think it goes back to when you said like Joy they need to sometimes take a moment back and think of just the empathy and the human of it all too um, and be like okay not everything is always going to have to be to the extreme um, so we do have to sometimes come down a little bit, but it was an impactful um, birth. For me, um, I, I think I, 
day from them um, seeing it and experiencing it and being in it. Because I mean, it went that. I mean, like once they were trying to figure out how to keep me monitored and I can still move around after that, it was like the birth was like in full motion. Um, they didn't even ever get to put the uh, wires on me. And it was a point where I'm like, I'm pushing and y'all can't tell me not to. And I ain't waiting on no doctors. I'm like, I'm screaming, she coming, she coming. I feel her coming. Like y'all can't tell me to hold on. Her head ain't down. That, uh -uh. that baby is hurt and she popped Mm -hmm. Both of my kids were six pounds. Um, the veil was six pounds, two ounces, and um, the Lila was six pounds. I think it was seven. But yeah, so both my inside, so and I have huge babies. Um, they were average age babies. And I did, like I said, I did deal with uh, the uh, gestational diabetes with both of them. Um, so um, I did have a moment in there where I stopped taking the medicines. You remember that? Yes. Joy, mm -hmm. like, I, I was like, I don't want to take this no more. I don't want to take any of it. <clears throat> Which they was, of course, a pushback for them. They wanted me to take yes. it. They did. And, yeah. I, and I was a little, um, cons you know, concerned because I, I was like, well, she, you know, she needs to take them. But ultimately, it's what you feel is best for you. I'm not going to, you know, force you to do what you don't want to. It's, it's your choice. And so, um, I was just like, well, we'll just work it out and we're just going to see what happens, but we're going to continue to work towards the goals that we have, you know, talked about. So, um, Savannah, do you think that, um, your experience was what you wanted? Like when we initially talked about your birth and your goals and the things that have happened in your, in, in the past, uh, do you feel like you were able to, um, get what you needed? Or yes. learn what you needed. Yes. I feel like if I never have any more kids, <laughs> I've, done, I've done that. Because I wanted, that was my goal from the first get-go, is to have a natural birth. Like, I wanted that so bad. And I think that, I think that played a part, too, in my depression um, with Devea, because I, I, I was uh, mourning also a loss of a, a situation that I, I didn't have. Um, this was, like I said, it was all medicated. Um, so, and not, not to say that medication is not bad. Again, y'all, this is my story. This is my personal, um, you know, experiences. Um, but I know what I wanted and I didn't want that. Um, but I had it. Um, and so it, I had to kind of get over the fact that it didn't go the way I wanted to go and give yourself grace women because we are sometimes hard and it's like well my baby here so I shouldn't be concerned about it but you know it's your experience um and you know you want your experience um and you have to you know sometimes you know mourn over that and give yourself grace but I do definitely think the birth that I had with the man had an uh, impact too with the postpartum depression because and to, to plug the difference I had the Lila naturally, and of course I had support from both of you guys, but, and I'm still seeing my therapist. Look what I've done in those seven months um, since she's been here. Um, I graduated from NLF, Neighborhood Leaders Fellow. Um, I graduated from NLA, Neighborhood Leadership Academy. I've started this podcast. I've been uh, on boards and commissions, like doing all of that in the same sense of motherhood which I do want to get on that too, because that is not an easy hat. Um, and so I do want us women to give ourselves grace when we talk about motherhood. Um,
but yeah, I definitely, to answer your question, yes. I hope that answered it. I do. I'm glad. I do. Um, but motherhood. Whew. Y'all mamas, y'all know, man. Um, that That is a journey. Um, that is a journey. It is a journey. And it's, uh, it's some hard work. Um, especially if you are a full-time active parent like you're really involved and you want to be involved in your kids life every aspect as much as possible um for me it definitely has been um interesting um I felt guilty um and another thing I think played a part in my postpartum depression with the mm-hmm. I wanted to give her all of me as a mother hmm. you're not you know like I, I you you lose yourself in your child and I feel like I did that with her like I wanted to make sure that she knew that mommy was always there and that I was giving her everything like I shied away from like getting assistance or help because I felt like it was my job as a mother and then I gotta think oh I'm sorry it's okay <laughs> then you have to think about my mental because I wanted this so bad you know what I mean and I finally got it but I didn't want to um neglected you know what I mean like I've been blessed with something that I've always wanted so I wanted to put all of me in her I'm like I'm gonna do everything I can to fulfill this motherhood role and I want to be the best mama possible and that took a toll on me (laughs) and so from that to Delilah you know I still am like this big active mama and my baby's gonna always come first but I gave myself grace Jesus I did not <laughs> I'm giving myself grace. And y'all gotta still know I'm seven months out, so whew, emotions are still around. <laughs> um, but I, I had to give myself grace this time and know that I can still be a great mama and put some put some put some time into myself and some focus into myself. Um, and so I've been doing that, and that's kind of where this um podcast is kind of taken to um for me. Um, but man. It does it some days. I'll be like, how am I doing it all? Whew, I don't know. I don't know. Y'all. I can't even tell y'all. I mean, I do have support. I ain't doing it by myself. Um, I do have support. Like Demetrius is really active, you know. Um, and my mama and my sister, shout out to them. You know, I've learned to give myself grace and allow them to be in my life and my children's life. And you know, I dealt with um a lot of traumas. Um and trauma is definitely something big too. Therapy again, people therapy, but I dealt with a lot of traumas that um, also made me want to hold on tight to my children, um, you know. And so, I, I, like I said, this time around, I'm giving myself grace and allowing that I still am important too as a mother. Um, and if you're not good, your kids aren't good. Um, so I shout out to therapy for that um, help. Um, she's helping me be comfortable with allowing people to help and support me because I had an issue with that um, with Nevaeh. I felt like it was just my responsibility and mine alone. Um, and I'm still working on that. Like I said, from all my own personal traumas, I'm still working on that to, you know, kind of let let go of the hold. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, motherhood is a journey. It's, 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 um, it's a blessing, but I think we get so um, we get so hard on women to portray this perfect picture that you have to be all of this and more, and then it's heavy for them. 
Super, the superwoman syndrome like you have to do it all and you have to do it all and you're so strong and you got to be strong and and we don't like to support we don't want to get the support because we think it's on us and it's us alone and that's not that's it, not true y'all right and we talked really intensively about that for your postpartum plan you know a lot of that support that we that you were you know that you were looking for and i really appreciate that you were looking at your postpartum most people when they talk about getting a doula then they don't think of the long term when in reality it takes up to a year some people take it takes longer but to really recover you know emotionally and physically after the birth and so we really discuss like okay who are people in your life that we can utilize to create support systems. And if we have people that don't create a safe space for you, then what other ways can we use them to make sure they're not in your space, throwing mm -hmm. off your positive energy so yeah. that when we're going through the postpartum that you, like you said, you, you focused on, okay, I know I need to take care of the mental care you know, aspect. And that for me was beyond my scope, but it was like making sure you're in touch with that person that can help and continue with your, that mental health aspect, but then also looking at ways that your that your life is functional mm -hmm. after you have that baby. And we talked a lot about giving yourself grace because you were beating yourself up about a lot of things that you wanted to accomplish Ew. and things you wanted to do. And it was like, but where's your village? You know, the reason why this doesn't feel right is mm -hmm. because this is not the way that we do things. We were we are a culture of people that are used yes. to having a village of aunties and grandmas and sisters, yes. you know, and even bringing the men in. They're a, an important aspect of that as well. So it creates yes. a small village of folks that are supporting this woman who just birthed, or this birthing person who just gave, you know, birth to this baby. So it really does have to be, we have to change how we view support. Yeah, really, if you are not supported, then everything else falls. So we have to mm -hmm. stop going in and like, okay, well, let me just go see the baby. Let me bring this up. Blah, blah. And that's why I was just about thinking that. that. I come to the baby, baby shower, drop a gift off, and I'm done. I ain't done. I was like, oh no. And then what do you do? You start trying to clean up your house. You start trying to do stuff to get, you know, stuff yes. ready for folks coming into your space where you yep. should be resting. So mm -hmm. we had to talk about, no, mommy, you need to be cared. You know, you need to be cared for. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be taken care of during this time, you know, yes. and we, and so we really focused on how do we bring people, how do we change, you know, the narrative for you to make sure that the people that are coming into your space are dropping off meals, they're coming to straighten up, or what ways can I come in and help, you know, to get that family function, even if it's just playing and laughing with this rambunctious toddler running yes. around getting into stuff. I was like, you know, she we, did that too. She was like, look, uh, convert the van, let's, let's sing, and she was singing to the van and had her uh, focus on her, and I'm like, oh, I can get a moment to just sit yes. her and try to um, breastfeed, we're going to talk about that real quick too, look, time, but we're going to get into that about my breastfeeding journey, because that's too where Candace came in, um, a big play too was uh, me and trying to attempt to breastfeed um, both my babies. Um, I did not succeed as I wanted to, but I did get some in there, um, but I didn't succeed as the way I wanted to succeed. But um, so, oh, I, look, y'all, we had to unpacking this is a lot, ain't it? Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah, it's yeah. a lot. I know people are watching this like, whoo, I didn't know it's gonna get like this, but. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I said, it's definitely been a journey. Um, it's been a journey between birthing Devea and Delilah and where I am now. It's still, you know, um, because motherhood is never ending. And I think when you talk about the, 
the back end of talking about supporting people afterwards. Like when we look at pregnancy, you know your end date. You know, you like the baby gonna come soon and the pregnancy gonna be over. You know what I mean? But that motherhood role is forever. It's forever. It's forever. Ongoing. Ongoing. No days off. No days off. No. Even when they ain't with you, you still think about it. Cause I had that moment. I'd be like, I'm not, I'm the kids are gone or the veil gone and what do I do with myself? I'm thinking about her. I'm calling my mama. What's she doing? She okay? Right. <laughs> what they doing? They okay? <laughs> so you still we get so involved with them because they are like the 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 center of your life and everything else builds off of them. You know what I'm saying? And so you know we we take they take up so much of our time because they're so important to us. And then like when we like you said at some point we kind of get that sense of like oh gosh we kind of lost ourselves. And so I'm so glad to hear that you have you know kind of got back into you. You know, finding finding who you are on top of being a mom because that's important. We'll put as much energy as we can in our kiddos, but then we'll we'll come to a, a space where we feel like we need to, you know, find us and, and continue that balance. And that's important because we can't put all of our energy into our kiddos. We have to find some type of separation so that we can be balanced and well, because we still need to live our lives too. And I think a lot of moms get mom guilt because they want to pull away a little bit and do them no that's healthy that's natural in any relationship regardless regardless of if it's with your child your partner your family you have to separate yourself and be you but then come together when you need to so it's about finding balance and i'm glad to hear that you found it or it's ongoing for you yeah that's that's that i think that was another big part for my mental this time is that i did not lose myself again in motherhood um, and just focus on them and it gets hard um, but I still be like okay no nah, I gotta I gotta do something I gotta do something for me even if it's like working on this podcast um, or you know taking a moment to be like I'm gonna go get my nails done or something like that you know <laughs> find something for yourself as a mother and do it without you know putting yourself um, making feeling hard or bad you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, I don't think we highlight that enough either like I said when we talk about motherhood, it's just like, oh, well, you're this good mother. You're going to sit here. And every day ain't going to be a good day. Um, you know what I mean? I just feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, oh, well, they ain't eating this right. Or I ain't did this today. Or the house is this. And like, so that it, that was my my mindset um, with Devea. But with Delilah now here and, you know, the difference, I'm like, okay, great, Shalema. You didn't do that, but you did all of this. Exactly. You know what I mean? So let that one thing go and focus on all the things that you did get done. Mm-hmm. So I had to get into that mental space for myself also. Right. And I would even say with your breastfeeding, like I really don't. Um, and outside of being a doula, you know that I'm IBCOC. So that was also a huge thing because you had some very unique challenges with breastfeeding. But I never wanted you to view it as a success versus a failure because any attempt to work toward providing breast milk for your baby, you know, is you putting yourself, you know, in that position to, you know, provide that milk, you know, so I, I didn't want you to feel like, oh, no, you know, we, we set a plan, we said, this is, these are the challenges you experienced before, 
we're going to see what happens. And I think that that's really how, you know, a lot of folks really need to approach breastfeeding because it's not always going to be like, oh, I had this, you know, great milk supply and I was able to breastfeed for beyond a year. You know, we talked a lot about, no, we're taking each day at a time and whatever you can provide for your baby, because we knew that you, you know, there was a possibility that you may have some challenges. And then when they presented themselves, you did everything that you could, you know, to work through those challenges, you know, and and like I said, you just had some very rare, you know, issues, not just with your supply and, you know, just and potentially having IGT, um, which is insufficient glandular tissue, and just and, and and even with just not being able to really produce a whole full milk supply, but then also right. too there was some sort of reaction that she was having, which is very right. rare. Um, right. And we were ruling out, you know, allergies. We were dealing with, right. you know, the, uh, the tongue tie values. Yes. So, and this was something that would normally go out of the scope of a of a doula. So it was like, yes. you know, if I was in that role as a doula and just not have any type of advanced, you know, breastfeeding, you know, education, right. then that would have been a referral to make sure that you got that additional support. So we we were trying to work through that and really, you know, you know, support you. So I don't want you to feel like, you know, you were, you know, you for some for some reason you didn't, you know, meet you didn't you might might not have met that initial goal. But you right. were working your hardest to at least provide something yes. different for her, and you know, yeah, that was really important for me, um, right? Because you know, we, which is, I'm a, still a full um, advocate for breastfeeding, um, and you know, breast milk, all of that. Um, but you know, that was one of my big things. Like, <sighs> again, because I didn't get to breastfeed, I attempted to breastfeed with Davea, but she also had. The allergic reactions to certain things. I mean, like it was to the extreme with her. Um, but the Lila started again showing kind of a reaction also. Um, so it definitely has been um, a journey with the breastfeeding part. And I did at one point was like, oh my god, I failed. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, no, what did I tell you? What, what, what I tell you? I said you did not fail. I said the system failed you because we had an in-depth conversation about. I mean, even when you talk about support, like. As a lactation consultant, <laughs> just to put yes, this out here, there are very few studies into why women are unable to produce milk, but yet there's billions of dollars that are going into the formula industry and being able to handle hand this milk, you know, this this formula to you and, mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, just let's sweep it under the under the carpet. So it has nothing to do with our mothers and their inability to make milk. It has a lot to do with how our systems are structured to make it easy for you to fail. And then when you when it happens, it's like, oh, I did something wrong. Oh, it was on me. When we don't have a good support system, we don't even have like a lot of support into milk banking. So yep. women who can like, produce milk and provide, you know, yep. you know, a, a service to other women so that they can actually have access to that. And we specifically don't have it in black and brown communities. Nope. You know, so even working with you, it also lit a fire under me to work with another, you know, Black IBCOC and colleague of mine to say, you know what, these are some issues that we're seeing in our communities. What can we do to make sure that our families are being supported because, you know, nobody's going to do it for us. And so, and I'll just kind of explain, um, an IBCLC is an international board lactation consultant, which is the highest a skill for lactation support. So you'll hear that term being kind of thrown around lactation consultant and lactation consultant is not a term that actually is uh, just registered only to, to IBCLCs. So some people will use the term lactation consultant but maybe they're just a certified lactation counselor 
or, you know, maybe they're like a peer counselor, which I do, you know, some of the same things because I come from WIC, you know, so I was coming in as a peer counselor, but went on to, to receive that higher education. So it's just the difference in the education. IBCLC is going to be able to work with those higher breastfeeding issues. Um, whereas, you know, most other uh, breastfeeding uh, support or, or, or experts or, or specialists are going to be able to work really with, with the normal support and making that referral for other things. So just to kind of clarify that. Yeah. Um, and again, again, having that support there, because uh, Candice was, help, was helpful in uh, identifying that Delilah had a tongue tie um, and she was able to help guide me through that process. Um, and so, right, it's, so I, the reason I wanted to do this show um, and why I'm putting myself and my experience and story, story out there is because, like she said, we have to do something about the system because these things is a system issue. Um, and so in talking about it, um, explaining our experiences and uh, being open about having these conversations is what's going to move this needle forward or move the needle period um, so that we can make changes. And I ain't just talking about within the community, but policy changes to help because we know that um, um, Black women are more likely to die in childbirth, um, three times more likely to die in childbirth than white women. And we know the health disparities that we're dealing with right now. And it's not solely just because of um, uh, what I want to say, like uh, the, the, the environment that women are living in or Black women are experiencing. It's because of racism, um, structural racism, point blank period. We need to address those things um, because if we don't, like I said, I'm doing this because I don't want my, my babies to birth in the same experiences that I had to birth. Um, I want it to be different for them. Um, it's going to be different if I'm going to be there anyway. But still, <laughs> for some, hopefully don't get to that. But if I'm not, I want them to be educated. And then I also want them to have it be some policy changes that's been made that makes a difference for them. Um, so y'all, did we unpack a lot? Did, did we get everything? I mean, <laughs> it has been a lot. Yeah. I, I just appreciate your transparency because I know that this has helped a lot of women, you know, who were questioning and who may have been afraid to even, you know, look into some of the things that happened to them, you know, during their birth process. And I think that it helps to reexamine, it helps to open the conversation. So I just, you said, oh, I'm, I'm going to cry. And I'm just like, I'm just so grateful that you're in the position that you are, because not only did you experience those things, but you put in so much work to make changes. Like I'm constantly inspired by just how, you know, your spirit is just driven to just make a difference for other women. And just, it, it also, I think inspires, you know, joy and myself as well. Like we're grateful to be in this position to continue to do this work. And we're inspired by women like you who are reclaiming their birth, you know, and yes. reclaiming the postpartum and yes. know, doing all these yes. things to support our families so, and our communities ultimately. So our communities, right? Y'all, one thing I do want to get back to is one thing you did say about how it used to be when we talk about community and supporting each other. You know what I mean? If we can get back to that, yes. man, imagine this birthing world. You heard me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we start getting to know each other. Like, let's let's get to know who our neighbors are and who's giving birth and what's going on, so we can support each other. You know? Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. and build each other up. Like, yes, you know, yes I agree. 
Yes, we definitely have to change the narrative of how it is now. Um, and like I said, the food train situation, um, how you did that, um, you know, like I said, supporting moms by being able to uh, uh, provide them doula support if you can, um, lactation support. If you see a mama, she like, I'm struggling with breastfeeding, give her a resource to a lactation. Like, give yourself familiar with this. Mental health. If you see a woman that's struggling with mental health and she just had a baby, don't just, oh, you'll be okay. That's normal. No. Honey, do you need to talk to somebody? Let's let's maybe I can connect you to somebody. Let's talk like y'all. We have to support each other, and we can't keep just acting like this stuff is not happening and it's not real, especially in the black community. Let's let's talk about that accountability right now. Let's yes. stop that because it is real and it is happening, and we need to help each other by addressing it. Um, so if me being on her crying like a big baby um, and telling my story is going to help the next mama. I wanted to. I'm, I'm putting myself out there to do that because I like I don't want anybody to experience what I experienced again. I don't. I don't. Whew. Anything else you ladies you got? Well, this was a heavy episode. I, I think we. I'm. I'm again. I'm just glad that um, I had the opportunity to be on here with the both of you, and I'm. And I was a part of your birthing story. Um, it's definitely given me a lot of like confidence in myself to continue my doula services. And, and again, um, you know, maternal health is, is my thing. And I love working with moms when it comes to their mental health. So again, it's about, you know, awareness and, and getting the information out there. So again, thank you for letting me be a part of this. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Not- yeah. I, I'm glad, grateful that you guys were a part of my journey. Um, I thank you for all your support. Um, I do want to shout out to all of the um, any elected officials that see this video who are in a position of power to make some changes happen. Or even the hospitals, workers, uh, you know. Um, if you see this video and you are um, like around moms and you're working with moms or you have power to make some policy changes, make some policy changes. Right, and if you don't know how, like reach out, like reach out. Reach out, right. I was about to say, connect yourself with somebody, um, you know, that's making a change and trying to change the game, which again, shout out to Flourish. Um, Miss Laura, I know you you backfired and you probably want to get off camera, but I just want you to talk about Flourish just a little bit and what you guys do and how people can connect with you if they want to move this, um, talk about making this movement. Um, I know. Uh, um, Shavanna, who I absolutely adore and love, um, and thanks. It's so wonderful to hear the the story getting out there because your story connects with so many people on so many levels, and we have to we have to support each other in this work. So I I just say that with the notion of what um, Flourish is doing and through our communities leaders cabinet, which Shavanna was just tearing it up like. She put her voice out there in ways that said, no, y'all, y'all really need to hear. This is what's really happening. And it is that voice that is guiding, that is directing where investments are made, how we look at policy change, you know, how we're elevating our experiences so that, and it's not just impacting us individually, it's it's impacting us collectively. And that's our story. Like we have to elevate um, where change is needed. And so with this Flourish uh, Community Leaders Cabinet, we have, um, Shavana is kind of 
sun setting into um, the, the cohort one and we're opening um, applications for cohort two that will begin in April. The application process, I know Shavano put it on uh, the link and everything. We have an open house this upcoming Saturday, um, February 6th, where we're celebrating what we've accomplished. Um, and I'm saying the, the collective we, because we don't do this stuff by ourselves, right? What we've <laughs> accomplished through the cabinet. And um, we also want that to um, double as a recruitment opportunity for folks to join this work. Uh, if you're interested in, and you know someone that um, can use you know, this as a platform to elevate their voices um, to create change in community. We we welcome you, and um, we have some some training. Like you may say, I don't know, I don't have nothing to say. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, um, because we have some initial kind of core trainings that we offer. But really, it's your lived experience that that is elevating you as the expert, and that's what we want to tap into. So come. Um, uh, it's February sixth. Saturday noon to two, and we welcome all folks. Um, and then there's a there's a um, you can also go to the Flourish website um, to find an application. We have a flight. We're trying to make it as easy as possible, and we don't ask a lot of questions like how we want to know why do you want to serve, what skills and talents you bring into the table that you think could help advance our um, ultimately our North Star, which is zero racial disparities and infant mortality by the year 2033. So come on, come on, we welcome. Yes, and Flourish is definitely doing the work, y'all. And if you go on that website, just check out what Flourish is doing. And that's a resource for the people that wanna make policy change but don't know how. Connect with Flourish, um, they're definitely doing that with putting community voices and uh, the lead in, in front. So I appreciate you, Ms. Laura, I appreciate Flourish. Uh, shout out to True and Jamal, because again, Jamal Birth Village is doing some game changing things over there. Who we just gotta clap it up for that <laughs> woman. I swear she is doing the thing, and we will have her on the show. Um, I believe February 20th. So I'm so excited to be doing that show with her. That will be a second part to OMG that birth. Um, we'll be talking about midwives, um, home birth, and holistic. Uh, health and pregnancy um and february and I a quick shout out to uh to the st louis duels of color collective because joy and i are a part of that and that is once again a group of of doulas that have their own professional businesses that are pro providing those services um under an, an initiative under jamal birth villages or under jamal birth village for uh families in the st louis and illinois area so shout out to <laughs> Yes, uh, shout out to them. Yes. Some of them will be on the show too when we do the All Things Doula episode. What would be, I think that would be part three of um, OMG. And that just set a date. Um, I believe it's March 27th. Um, so we'll be look on, looking out for that. When I say y'all, again, every time I come on here and do a show, I'll probably be saying this, but we be, the shows be coming in and people be like, look, I got this. Let's talk about this and let's. Let's get this out there. And I'm so um, appreciative of it. Um, I am. I am definitely keep pushing to make sure that we get this stuff done and we talk, keep having these conversations. Um, March 13th, I'm trying to... Uh, uh, March 13th, I want to do Us Against Us. Uh, let's talk accountability, Black folks. So I am trying to secure one more spot for that. For the doula show, I'm trying to secure two more spots. 
Um, and then April 3rd has just been confirmed. Uh, I'm doing um, a segment, a uh, survival segment on sexual abuse with a wonderful woman who has a magazine about that. Uh, and they're going to, her and her sister will be on here to talk about their story. So I got some shows, y'all. Okay. I got yeah. some shows and I got some conversations that we going to be having in 2021. And I'm doing this because we need these conversations. We need them. Uh, we need this so we can make changes. Um, but yeah, that's it, you guys. I think we're going to go ahead and close this out. I feel like this was whew, a heavy uh, episode, but this was real, real and raw, like always. Real and raw. Again, yes, thank you. Oh, go ahead. What you supposed to say? I'm sorry. I just said, thank you for inviting us, really. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Miss um, Laura, for all your assistance with this. Um, and yeah. I think we're going to go ahead and close out. I will post all of this information about the leadership cabinet on the page. Um, so I'll be looking out for that. Um, and that's all. See y'all next episode. Take care. Bye.